Hi, everybody who's listening and watching. Um, welcome back to another one of the Our New Normal sessions. It's been a bit of a break for me, so I might be a little rusty on this. Um, basically, I started these sessions to give people an idea of the experiences of other folks around the world in the hopes that maybe we'll be able to make some connections and the similarities and also learn about some of the differences. Um, thankfully, I've had a lot of my friends uh, willing to join me. And and today I have uh, a friend from the UK who I guess I'm going to say, could you introduce yourself to get things going? Sure, yeah. So, um, hi, my name's Jenny. Um, I'm here in Manchester in the UK uh, and we've been on lockdown since around mid-March. Fun. And it's, oh yeah, it's, it's like, wow, it's late May. I was going to say mid-May. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's getting on now. I actually went into lockdown slightly earlier than everybody else as well, because I'm kind of on our, one of our slightly more, I'm on a kind of medium risk list. Um, so I was actually sent home from work a little bit earlier. So I, I've kind of stopped counting now, but it's definitely been more than two months. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, well, I notice, you know, you're kind of looking at the side. So you've got a, you've got a little date yeah, or something going on. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Just checking I've... what the day is. <laughs> yeah, I've had some friends that are like posting it on their Facebook, just like this is Tuesday, and I, uh, I one of my friends was in Portland on the west coast of the states, and it was like this is Monday, such such a date, and it was Tuesday for me because I'm like 15 hours ahead. So I wrote her, and I was like, fake news, it's Tuesday. <laughs> um, so when you say lockdown for you in Manchester, and I guess maybe the UK in general. Because it's, I mean, there is like, there's a countrywide sort of mandate, right? And maybe there's some different in between things for cities and what is it there? Is it provinces uh, or counties? Um, well, to be honest, I don't think there really have been um, many differences. I think that the okay. different, so the different countries within the United Kingdom, I think, have, have been making their own decisions and have been announcing their own decisions. So, um, you know, so we're having a sort of daily government briefing um, that happens around tea time. But this, um, you know, First Minister of Scotland is kind of doing one earlier in the day and then Wales are kind of doing their thing. But nobody really pays attention to Wales. Bless them. <laughs> and um, so but we're all basically doing pretty much the same thing. So um, we've recently been downgraded. I mean, I don't know how much you want to go into it, but we'd kind of been downgraded to a slightly lower alert level, uh, if you like. So we've gone from what is on this scale, um, either five to four or four to three, I think. I've, I've not been paying as, I've not been paying attention quite so closely recently. Okay. Um, so, so we're kind of still, and we've had a lot of criticism uh, for the, for the lack of clarity in all of the messages that have been coming out from the government, which is not really surprising. I personally feel like Scotland has been doing it a bit better, as they do most things a bit better than uh, than we do in England. Um, so yeah, we're, we're for the for, you know for the most part, people like me certainly are still very much expected to not really go anywhere and not do much as yeah. much as possible. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I know. Like I definitely heard, um, and maybe this kind of touches on a previous. Well, another friend of mine who's based in Sweden, like the media I'm getting from there was very much about their sort of like alternative and relaxed approach and everything. Um, and I've actually got someone on Twitter, like the only kind of positive engagement I've had on Twitter in a while uh, is this person from Sweden who is kind of 
talking about how terrible it actually is going, like in terms of, you know, the population, how it's small, and yet there's so many deaths and everything. Um, but I know the UK in the beginning was kind of like, all right, we're just going to let it kind of ride it out. Obviously, that shifted, uh, yeah. you know, Boris Johnson yeah. got hit with it himself. I think maybe that helped to change his tune a little bit. But yes. like what kind of, you know, what kind of changes have happened in the last few months? I mean, so, uh, I mean, uh, right at the beginning, like you say, it was it was all a bit more slack and a bit more yeah. kind of. I'm sure we'll be fine and I don't think we really need I don't think we really need to panic and go over the top and close things down and that approach um of it just all being a bit over the top and it all being a bit silly to 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 shut places down and I actually in fact went out the very last time I went out and did anything normal was a dinner with my stepdad and it was his birthday on the 15th of March and it was either on that day or maybe the day before it that I took him out to dinner um in, in the kind of city centre of Manchester, which I'm not far from. Mm-hmm. Um and it was very weird even then. It was very quiet. The you know, we were talking to the people, we kind of had our wipes and our sanitizer, even though it, everywhere had sold out by that point. So it was right at that moment of everybody starting to panic. Yeah. And we were talking to the kind of wait staff in the restaurant and they were saying that they were really worried and they didn't know what to do. And if anyone kind of came down with the boss had said, if anybody came down with it, they'd just go out of business because they'd have to, everybody would have to stay at home and they wouldn't be able to hide, you know, and all this uh, sort of stuff. And I think at that point, nobody, it, it was so unprecedented that nobody had really thought, well, maybe the government will step in and actually um, provide some support for businesses and things like that. So it just seems like it wouldn't happen. Yeah. Um, but my stepdad's a very sensible person and I'm a reasonably sensible person. And I think we realised that that was probably the last time we were going to see each other for face to face for quite a while. Um, and it was so I've st- you know we've still not seen each other except over the internet since yeah. then uh, so at that point it was a very kind of sudden and strict lockdown pretty much um it kind of got clarified in the days after that but essentially you know the schools closed um and then I work in a university so then there was the question of whether the universities were going to close none of them wanted to be the first to do it um <laughs> and then it started to happen and then it was uh, kind of a scramble to for everybody in my sector to kind of bring everything online and be able to continue to do our jobs. Um, yeah. And then, of course, everybody was told they had to work from home. And it just kind of all started to lock down from there to the point where you weren't really supposed to go out unless you were. I think we had three or four rules about going out. There was kind of exercise for an hour once a day. Um, but you weren't allowed to travel to exercise because they were getting, you know, huge groups of people kind of driving to the Welsh countryside. Wales was in uproar because everybody was going to Wales to spread the coronavirus. Um, You know, people were being fined and stuff like that. And then there were various other rules, you know, you could uh, you could only go out sort of to either to buy essentials or to take essentials to other people. Yeah. Um, So it all got locked down very quickly, really. Um, And we're now Apparently, at a point where you know, I'm sure that you've covered the R number in your other, in some of your other chats, mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, if people don't know what it is, I'm sure they can find out what it is. But it's basically about the the rate at which um, it the spread of the virus. So I think now we've got ours under one. They've decided to kind of ease up the lockdown a bit, but you know, in my view, that's not them saying it's safe now. It's them going, 
we have room in intensive care now oh, for no. you all to be infected again. So I'm incredibly lucky. I'm sure I'm dipping into more questions that you've got already, but I'm very lucky in that I can work from home and my boss supports me working from home because yeah. I'm not at a greater risk of catching it, but I am at a greater risk of deadly complications, basically, if I if I get it because I'm diabetic. So um, I'm quite happy where I am. I don't particularly <laughs> yeah. want to go out. And I'm managing now to get everything delivered to me. So um, it's fine. I'm fine where I am sort of thing. Uh, But I find it really odd and I find it really curious that there are people who are excited about the fact that they can go out now. They they perceive it as them having permission now to go outside. And I think there's an assumption that that means it's safer. And it's, of course, not safer. Why on earth would it be safer that we don't have a vaccine or anything? But we don't have room for them in the hospital. Yeah, (laughs) yeah for when they catch it so it's um i mean here like in vietnam it was it i guess it doesn't feel weird for me now because like the last two or three weeks yeah i guess it's been like roughly three weeks now um they they kind of started working on going okay we're pulling back the restrictions and everything uh they never quite labeled it a lockdown there was uh i mean maybe i'll call it like minimizing mobility of the people or something um so yeah like there is there's a lot of some some similar things to what you said but then um like we were shutting borders down way before march i mean our first case was in like i think early to late january which funny enough i'm pretty sure is the same as the uk and the states and canada and i've ranted a bit about this in the other chats so i'm gonna hold back on it now um because for me, it's like we, when China first kind of started talking about it, like, you know, Vietnam shares a border with China and everything. So they were like, all right, we got to gotta start working on this. And there's also like previous issues with like the SARS. Um, I don't know if that hit a pandemic level, but the SARS thing, um, you know, Vietnam had to, had to deal with that and everything. So they kind of had these like protocols in place and like, you know, it was a familiar kind of thing. But I feel like, yeah, a lot of places in the West were like, whatever, like, we're okay. And that was my idea. I was like, well, Vietnam is doing great with this. Like, you know, I mean, like I mentioned to you outside of it, that we haven't had a community spread case in something like a month now. So um, I was like, yeah, I mean, my homeland's got this. They, you know, they're watching what's happening over here. No, everyone was kind of like, oh, it's a thing for over there. You know, it won't be so bad here. And then yeah Um, yeah and i mean yeah so like for me things got out of hand pretty quick at home Uh, but i mean now it's like you know late may and like my home province just they had like a funeral home where there were two funerals and that led to like 150 cases in an island of like half a million people and i was just like how is it that my island province has almost the same number of cases that vietnam does with 95 million people um since then things have definitely like you know the curve is bended or flattened or whatever and yeah things are getting better but i mean i'm still like you know we're we like we went out to a a little like street restaurant tonight and i didn't wear a mask on the way back because it's literally like at the end of our street but i'm still kind of conscious of it and thinking okay i should wear and it's still technically mandatory but like enforcement is pretty relaxed um but yeah, then I like read about what my friends are going through and I do these chats and stuff and I'm just like, oh yeah, like 
outside of here and the whole world and everything. It's it's so different. So, I mean, it's interesting to start these up again and see, okay, because the last time I chatted with someone was like the end of April. And I'm like, all right, so where are things now? So you're like the first person I'm kind of touching base with to see. Yeah. yeah and I you're mean, also think... the first one to mention the R number. Just, oh, just really? so you know. Yeah, yeah, we well, haven't gone that I mean, scientific about it. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that's what ours is. I'm very, I I try and just keep my eye on the science um, yep. rather than anything else, because I think <laughs> that way near madness lies, really, because you could get very, you know, at the beginning, I didn't really sleep properly for about two weeks, which for somebody with chronic fatigue is very unusual. Yeah. And I was just very worried about what, what was going to happen, what was going to happen to the dog. Ridiculously, I was worried about the dog. Um, I was worried about whether or not the, her dog, the, my dog walker would still be able to take her out. I know that seems absolutely absurd, but it was worrying me more than yeah. many other things, really. Um, so at that, at that beginning period, I'm not quite sure why I got onto this subject now. I'm sorry about this. My brain does a little fart sometimes and forgets what I'm talking about. But um, I was I was very concerned. Oh, yeah, I was very concerned at the beginning. And I was I had my kind of, you know, my Guardian news alerts but popping up all the time. Oh, I was God. You know, all night. I was just lay there in the dark with a glow of kind of, you know, reading what was happening in the in the news. Because at that time it was all very dramatic. And yeah you know, things were really all happening. Everything, it was just like everything was just going shut down, shut down, lockdown, lockdown. And um, it was just a kind of, and also not really knowing what was happening with my employer. Um, the whole the whole sector really at the moment, like the higher education sector in the UK is, is in pretty dire straits. And, you know, we just got an email today. Well, they basically told us that they, they expect slash hope to be able to, to get rid of about 20% of the entire you know, staff across our, our university, and that would be a mixture of kind of academics and non-academic staff. Um, wow. I personally, you know, praise whatever gods above or below. I'm I'm pretty lucky because the role that I'm in is is what they would class as a critical one. So it's critical to the the successful running of the university in the time of COVID and after the time oh, okay. of COVID. So. Yeah. Um, I, I've definitely eased off now. I do just pretty much focus on, on like I said, the science that's coming out. Um, the British government claims to be doing, making all of its decisions based entirely on on good science, but there have been some um, there have been some to dos about that in the in the press. So you know, for example, they found that a comp of the of the scientific group that advises the government. Um, who are obviously supposed to be completely neutral, um, their identities <laughs> are, are hidden, etc. It had come out that a political advisor to Boris Johnson, our Prime Minister, of course, unfortunately, had been, um, you know, in the room with them. And, the, you know, there was a huge scandal about that. So I, I pretty much just watch the government sort of briefings and then try and keep one eye on, on what the science is saying, basically, um, yeah. because... It was very bad for me to, at the beginning, to keep up with absolutely everything that was happening and everything that was announced. So I'm trying to sort of maintain a, I'm trying to maintain keeping in touch with what's happening and what's going on and, and the difficulties that people are having and sort of having compassion for all of that um, with, with being able to actually carry on being a human and doing my job yeah. and stuff like that. So. Yeah, yeah. Um... <laughs> 
So, I mean, are there any, um, speaking of the science and everything, I know I've talked to some people and like just in the media I've followed, there've definitely been some sort of like, it's been an interesting kind of rise in celebrity status for some scientists and like health professionals and stuff. Are there any, uh, leading figures in the UK or is it all Boris Johnson kind of fronting? Yeah, no, I think, I, to be honest, I think all that we've really had is people that, oh, so we had one guy who was um, one of the leading, so University College London has been doing a lot of work for the government in terms of analysing data and making recommendations and things like mm -hmm. that. Um, and I can't remember now if it was a UCL guy or, or whether it was somebody in the scientific advisory group uh, but the, one of the guys who'd kind of helped develop the social distancing strategy was caught having his lover visiting him at his home twice. <laughs> so he was in the news. But other than that, I think it's the, the face of it all has very much been either, you know, Boris or the health minister or, you know, Boris's deputy or whoever they choose to kind of present the the data on that particular day and they you know every day at tea time basically they they wheel one or two of them out i don't know if i've not watched it the last couple of days and i know that boris was um he only just came back to work a week or so ago um so i don't know if they'd sort of decided he was ready yet to go in front of the the lectern but are they uh are they wearing masks not not when they're doing that because it's it's okay. um it's all remote so it's very weird actually because it's just like a room in Downing Street with like I said with the kind of like the lecterns there for them there's usually three of them yeah. and then they'll have somebody's kind of wheeled in a big tv like you used to get in school and <laughs> put it there and that's those were the so, best days well exactly right? yes you'd be like yes yeah tv day and, um, except when it was a scary uh film about not going near train tracks or power lines they were quite frightening but that's another conversation yeah yeah um, <laughs> but yeah so it's all remotely done and then the you know the journalists that are covering it will be on the screen and ask them questions so they don't need to be wearing masks i guess oh, okay okay at the yeah. moment cause they're not they're not in the same room it's i mean it's still at the moment it's still very much um sort of socially i think a faux pas to to go near other people with with a mask on i mean and again we'll we'll probably get into this but oh all the shops now have got basically got guards on the front door so only a certain number of people can go into the grocery stores um yeah. they they've got arrows taped down on the floors so you can only go one way around um they've got taped out two meter wide sections in the the queue to get in the shop um that kind of snake all around the car park yeah. You can go on Google to find out how busy the shop is, which is weird. Well, um, I don't know, how, don't really want to know how they do that. But um, so it, it's still very much considered not okay to to, to be near to people. We've, we're all still very much expected to keep our distance um, wherever mm -hmm. it's possible, basically. Yeah. Um, you no, know, it's been been interesting. Like I've seen, um, what was it? I think well with Trudeau. Like, cause he, well, he had to go into isolation cause his yeah, wife, his wife yeah. uh, was diagnosed. And I think apparently she possibly gave it to Idris Elba, not to get into a lot of gossip, but when he thought he was, um, I can't remember if he, I don't think he ended up being positive. Right? I think he, he was concerned and I guess he had hugged her and there was this whole thing. And I was just like, wow, another Trudeau mm -hmm. getting in issues with celebrities. Cause his mom 
got into a whole thing with like uh, Mick Jagger and like the Stones and stuff. There's this whole scandal like a long time ago about her, and I ended up on a Wikipedia rabbit hole reading about her and his dad and everything, and they were they were quite the uh, rambunctious couple. But anyway. Well- if I was him, I'd have questions about how she gave it to Idris Elba, but she didn't give it to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? Because he, I mean, he was concerned, but I guess he tested negative. But then um, I found out, thanks to another conversation with, oh, with a friend who, a Canadian who's actually in Thailand, she told me to look up the hair memes. I don't know if these came across your, your feed with Justin Trudeau, because like so many people, he hasn't had a haircut in a while. So he's been doing these daily briefings and for a while, like he just kind of came out of the house and there was the the left turn there and he just did it and the press were like so far away. But I guess everyone's kind of been like watching his hair and it's been getting longer and stuff. But a a few times now he's had to do like this, like just (laughs) whole like, but it's ridiculous because they do it in slow motion and the guy, like he's got it down path. Like it's all like, scruffy and then he does the thing like fingers through the hair and when he comes back it's like just totally quaffed and like and he's got the eye contact and stuff so of course the internet like melted and put you know like slow kind of jazz music to it and everything and but it's hilarious it's i mean it's way better than you know the coverage that trump and boris are getting but yeah (laughs) yeah I don't I've know how I got into that. Already. I'm not afraid of. I just, I just grab it and chop it. I'm, it's oh, fine. Yeah? So you're doing the at home. <laughs> yeah. Haircut? Yeah. Okay. Have you, have you had to give the dog a haircut? No, uh, no. Um, so I tend to just brush her. She's molting at the moment, so she's getting brushed a lot. Um, I was a little bit worried about her nails. Mostly, I'm worried about her nails because um, if they get too long, it's, it could be uncomfortable for her. Uh, right. But she won't let me cut them because she's just a big baby and I'm also a big baby and I don't really like doing it. But um, thankfully, my dog walker very kindly gave her a trim oh, in so the car. Can do it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, because they I don't know. I'm just I don't really like to do anything that as soon as you get near her with clippers, she starts to panic and then she'll just like scream at you if you try. I mean, it doesn't even, like you've not even touched it. Like I've not even touched yeah. you. And she's kind of going ar, 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 like that. So My, I, um, I just am a baby and I don't like to do it, but the, the dog yeah. walk is a sensible adult and does it for me. So. <laughs> I would be the same way as you. Like the minute a dog panics or whatever, I'm like, no, that's not the noise you should be making around yeah, me. Oh, yeah, God. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, with the house sitting, like I've had to do some like, you know, in terms of like force feedings and pills and stuff. And it all just like wrecks me because yeah. it's not fun. And I'm like, oh, God, now you hate me and whatever. Um but my friend has a basset hound who is similar. Like she basically has to take him to the vet, either that or she has to like pretty much sedate him because if she yeah. goes near him with the clippers, he just like well, they, it's basset hounds have got paws like nails like tree trunks, yeah, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Sick. I think the last like I've got a few updates every now and then because she'll be like, oh, I've got to go clip his nails. I'm like, oh, have fun with that. I think <laughs> at one point she had to get she was living with a with some of her family where she had to get one of them to like kind of hold him up. So his feet were like just kind of dangling and then she could go in and clip a couple. And yeah. then like the next day they do it again and get some more. And I, so it's just like, yeah, no, that's, that's a whole racket. So I didn't think about the nail clipping thing. I've, I mean, I've heard quarantine haircuts and I, somebody, I, 
I really, it's sounding like I listened to a lot of celebrity gossip, but somehow I ended up on like a Captain America, Chris Evans, some BuzzFeed thing about how like adorable his Instagram was. And I guess he tried to, tried to cut his dog's hair with like the electric razor and just ended up giving him like a patch. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And so he stopped. He was like, I'm just wrecking this. So he stopped and he's like, we're just going to have to let that grow. (laughs) Yeah. Luckily I've just got a complete, you know, mongrel of a dog who doesn't particularly need any sort of nice haircut and she just brush her and they get extra hair comes out and it's fine. And, uh, but um, she she's looking quite adorable on your blog and your Instagram. I've definitely seen, I think I've seen more photos of her than I have you. Like, oh, yeah. In a long time, which, I mean, I can understand. I mean, I'm house-sitting and most of my accounts are more dogs and cats than me. Yeah. Um, so actually, based on that, I read some of the some of the blog posts that you sent along about like some of the things you touched on, um, and I know you've got this great sort of like master list of like things can that you know can help people and like ways people can help other people and everything, um, yeah. which I think is super helpful. And I believe you mentioned like it's mainly related to the UK, right? Yeah, pretty much. I think. Um... I think at the beginning when we were all panicking and we all didn't know what to do, uh, there were so many good links going around and there were so many things that, so we kind of had a work WhatsApp group and we had, and there had people who are parents, people with pets, people who still had to work, people that didn't, you know, so um, there was all, there were all these really great links. I thought I'll just get them together in one place and particularly ones. uh, I have a couple of friends who are single parents and Mm -hmm. were having to homeschool and all that kind of thing. Um, So some, I think probably a fair bit of it is, could be used more widely, I guess, but then some of it is, gets quite local actually, uh, because in my mind, I thought to myself, the best thing probably that we all can do practically at the moment is to support our local communities and I kind of tried to do that the best that I could from home not being able to go out anywhere so uh, I donated a few things uh, I have a lot of craft supplies like art and craft supplies so I donated a load of those for the nursing homes around here for the for all the little old ladies with dementia to do knitting and and such um, I also knit uh, sewed a lot of scrub bags for um the local hospitals for all the nurses mm-hmm. to use and things like that and I, I i guess i just thought if people can try and concentrate practically on on looking around their own community and, and saying what can i do to help then if everybody does that then we'll all be a little bit more okay i guess that's yeah. kind of how i was thinking and it was difficult because you know usually the ways that people help others is either by giving them money which some people don't really have right now or they've just had their source of income taken away from them yeah um, or by giving their time and and we can't really do that because we've got to stay away from people so yeah it's a bit frustrating and I think I thought it was just a little way of uh trying to spread a little bit of how you can help people and things mm-hmm. that you could do to to support others so a lot of it's UK based but I think a lot of it's also not and could probably be used yeah. more widely and looked at more widely so the um the sewing thing I mean from your social media, I feel like it's something you kind of started dipping your toes into a little while ago. Like it's not a long. Yeah, time. it was around Christmas actually. It was. Um, okay. I was thinking. Well, I'd said to my uh, stepfather that I was thinking about buying myself a sewing machine because uh, yeah. I've my bit of background is that my mum 
trained as a dressmaker when she was young. So she, although she ended up being a civil rights activist and all kinds of different <laughs> things, she trained as a dressmaker. That was that was yeah. her initial trade. And she therefore used to make a lot of our clothes when we were young. And she was, I grew up, getting, I was used to sort of seeing sewing patterns and all that kind of thing. But at the same time, she never really, I don't know whether I was just unwilling to learn. I don't know what went on. I can't really remember. But she never really taught me how she used a sewing machine. And I always thought that sewing patterns were this complicated thing that I couldn't possibly understand. Yeah. You know, even though I'd done like a postgrad degree and stuff like that. And um and I'd met and I just kept seeing things on social media. I follow a lot of craft stuff and a lot of DIY stuff. And I just kept thinking it probably would be really nice to have a bit more freedom and make my own clothes so a bit more freedom over what I can particularly mm -hmm. being a bigger size sometimes the just the clothes that are on offer are quite crap so can I yeah. say that sorry I swore that oh yeah, yeah 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 it's a classy swear word that isn't it it's not a serious one. Oh yeah no um, that was there are far worse things you could say yes <laughs> um so and anyway my stepdad said to me have your mum's sewing machine have her sewing machine have all of her fabrics and things and have oh, a go wow. And I finally, finally, with the help of YouTube, God bless YouTube, because it's made me a better human being and is doing so much for me now, lately as well. Um, with the help of YouTube, I, I cracked it. I figured out how to use a machine, how to kind of maintain it, how to read sewing patterns. Um, I, I ordered my, I started off doing kind of like just sewing bags and things like that. And then I've made about five, pieces of clothing now so mm -hmm. since the beginning of this year basically and I'm trying to make nine there's this thing called make nine that kind of go I'm trying to do a nine that was a bit hard um there's this thing called hashtag make nine um where you make nine things basically <laughs> and um so I'm trying to do that and I've made about five so far and it's been the best fun while I've been in you know while I've been in lockdown um yeah. but like I said god bless YouTube I mean I feel like writing an essay about how it's just made me into a much more self-reliant person. There are things that I do now, DIY things that I would never have dreamed of doing earlier in my life. Um, yeah. And I think it's just when you see other people doing it, you think I could do that. And so, yeah, I have been doing, and have I recommend you, it. Have you, uh, have you watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine? I haven't. I know everybody tells oh, me to watch okay. it, but I never have. Oh, sorry. There's there's an episode where uh, one of the detectives tries to teach the um, the admin assistant how to like change a flat tire, and she she just doesn't care. She's like, I can just get someone to do it. Like this is the yeah. gig economy. I can just call someone or whatever. And then eventually she ends up like spoiler alert. She decides, okay, fine, I'll figure it out. But she just goes on YouTube and like, because she's totally like, I don't think she's like a millennial, but she's totally into like social media and everything. so she's like i just looked it up on youtube like yeah. and did it in 10 minutes i am um, i don't know if you saw what was going around i think it was a few days ago i guess there was um a dad who i can't remember what the background was for him i think maybe his father had died at an early age or he was there's a bit of a sad thing but so he decided um to kind of help out all the other like kids without fathers he started a youtube I saw channel that. yeah yeah you can ask like, him as a dad yeah I saw yeah it was that. like dad how do i or it was just like how yeah. do i or something and i mean and that's the thing i've said this to people before who have been like well how do you make money off youtube and i'm like honestly if you do that sort of stuff like just those silly little how-to videos about just daily things that you know i mean i did one yesterday for my weekly videos like how to open a mango steam 
And like well, the first time I bought one, I had to go and look it up. And I, I was like, I wasn't sure. It's like a little tiny fruit. And I was like, how do I attack this thing? And so I was just like, whatever. I didn't know what else to do. I mean, I'm stuck in the house. I was like, I'll write about that and do yeah. a little video around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. people, of course, some people were like, I don't do it that way. I do it this way and everything. And I'm like, all right. And for all I know, you know, down the road, someone's probably going to look it up on YouTube and be like, how do you open a mango scene? Maybe they won't like my video, but whatever. It's it's like weird, you know, it's, it's well, strange what people use it for. <laughs> well, oh, I I love YouTube now. I'm a com I watch it every single day, every single yeah. day uh, when I so. It, it, this may be getting into one of your other questions, but it's now a good time for me to talk about my routine because it includes. Yeah, yeah. We were, we were kind of slowly Same working. Way, nicely that, so in. But, um, yeah, where I live, so I live in a relatively modern apartment block in um, Salford Keys in Manchester. So it's kind of about, it's like a couple of miles, about two and a half miles out of the city centre and um like the name suggests there's there are keys so there's water it's quite nice um sort of five minutes away there's water and there's uh lots of apartment blocks around here and um it's quite nice it's quite modern and 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 i just i like it a lot um and so i'm in a one bedroom well okay two bedroom apartment but i have uh this room which is like my study room and then i've got like my bedroom and then a sort of open plan living kitchen area at the at the other end and it's quite nice because it means i can separate out work from from uh leisure i suppose yeah. for the most part so i kind of come in get up in the morning come in here i've got a work laptop and with that i can access everything that i need um and I, so I can sort of be in here and do my working day, but then I can go out at lunchtime. And then when four o'clock it's, you know, when I clock off at four or whenever it is, yep. I always have a bit of time, like before I make dinner where I just sit down and I just put the TV on and I catch up on all of my YouTube that, you know, all the vlogs and things that I need to, that I need to watch uh, yep. for that day. So it's, for me, it's, um, it never used to take me very long to get to work anyway, because I used to just cycle into work. So which took me about you know 15 minutes at the most so it's not I try my best to sort of get up and have a shower and all of that before I start work well you know realistically I usually come in here in my dressing gown with a coffee and sort of go through my <laughs> yeah. emails and stuff and then I'll have a shower at some point before you know depending on if I have any meetings early in the morning that I need to get dressed for yeah um, but I put I mean for obvious reasons I'm very grateful that I'm still working um, but I'm also grateful because it gives it's a structure to what I'm doing with my days as well. Yeah. And it makes the weekends a little bit more meaningful. Uh, you wouldn't. I think everybody that I work with was kind of surprised that they still looked forward to the weekend because they thought there would be no difference between Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday. But it very much is when you're when you're still working. So um, and. I've got to be honest, I, I love being at home. I've always suspected that. I would be fine if I was at home all of the time and it turns out that I am absolutely fine and mm -hmm. I I feel completely I'm probably being more social with some of my friends than I was before now so my very best friend uh, one of my very best friends I pretty much talk to every afternoon um, 
other friend, you know, I did a painting class with another one of my friends online the other night. We did a watercolor class together yeah. after she had put her son to bed. You know, she ordinarily on a on a regular night, she would not be able to come round to my place and do a watercolor class. But we probably <laughs> would be able to go out and do it. But because of this, we we did it together. You know, we did it. It was like three hours when we were just painting and stuff. And we're going to do another one. And um, so. And I keep in touch with work people. You know, I have at least once a day, I'll talk to somebody kind of face to face from work. So mm -hmm. for me, I don't feel because I'm somebody who's always been very good at being alone um, physically. I mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not really finding it hard, you know, and it's I'm very, very lucky. I know that I'm very lucky in that I'm not I'm not kind of counting down the days to when I can go outside again. I'm quite happy here until yeah. it's safe to go outside again um and there are some things that I miss but it's um I have it so much better than than so many people so I you know I absolutely can't and won't complain um yeah it's it's fine really you know I keep saying to everyone I'm probably coping a bit too well because I, I love being at home <laughs> well this is I mean this is kind of what happens with me is like especially now that things are supposedly kind of winding down here and like I mean, they've actually started like a program to encourage domestic tourism because obviously there's no international, like the borders are pretty much shut. And even if they weren't, <laughs> the rest of the world's kind of in a mess. But it's it's sort of weird because I'm like, I'm doing relatively OK. And because of the house sitting and everything, like I've been used to just being in a house, usually remote, kind of remote, like off the on the edge of the city or whatever and i just go get my groceries or something like once a week hang out with the dogs and the cats and you know the only communication i have with people is like this and everything and because of this whole thing i've actually pushed to talk with more people yeah. and like i told you sort of off off camera i guess i'll say um like i you know i've been pushing to talk with people that maybe i've sent some emails back and forth or some tweets or some facebook comments but like i never met them face to face yeah. and now i was like all right I'm going to just write all these people, see if they want to chat. If they do, cool, we'll do it. And I mean, I've been spending like hours a day doing that. And normally, yeah, I'd be doing kind of like what you would like. I'd be doing some work, but I'd be doing the YouTube thing and whatever else. Right. And like my sister maybe had messaged me and be like, hey, you got time for chat? I'd be like, oh, no, like I'm busy. And it'd be like 830 in the night. And it's just because my brain had clicked off. And I was like, I'm just going to watch Netflix now. Yeah. I don't want to have to do a thing. Yeah. But now I feel like, yeah, I'm pushing a bit more and being like, no, I should communicate with people. But it does feel weird because when I, you know, read about other folks or like see the numbers or the news, I'm like, oh, shit, there are so many other people that are not like this is not their thing yeah. at all. Like, I mean, my sister herself, because she's used to working like in an office environment with people. She's fairly social. Um you know, and she'd usually kind of go out to see my parents and stuff. And so having to do this, you know, be in her place on her own. Plus, uh, in the winter, like Newfoundland also got hit with a massive snowstorm. So they were shut down for like a week or so. They had to call in the army to help dig them out. And like, so she already kind of went through like a little quarantine of like, I mean, she couldn't even move her vehicle because it was just buried in snow. So like literally a few months later, it's like, all right, everybody stay inside again. Yeah. Um, and plus her cat got sick. And so it all like, it was all a little too much. And, you know, I called her up once and I could tell. 
but for me i was just like whatever i popped out down the street in the morning to the market and yeah. you know ate some food and i was like la 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 and then i call her and i'm like oh what's wrong and i'm like oh wait i can think of a few things that are wrong. yeah yeah i know it really it almost takes me by surprise when people when i talk to people and they say oh there's going to be an announcement on sunday they might be easing the lockdown brilliant and i'm kind of going it's yeah. not it's not brilliant because then you might catch coronavirus <laughs> and the only difference is there's now a bed for you in icu so i and but there are people who are gen- who are obviously genuinely struggling because of the lack of uh physical contact and sh- i have even been having my counseling sessions like my therapy sessions online mm-hmm. and uh, the the very first one that we had like at the end of it she said to me you know, are you going to be okay? I know that you've not, you know, you're on your own. It's not like you've got anyone there to to, to kind of hug or anything like that. And I'm kind of going, oh, I, I don't want to, I've got the dog. Why do I need anyone to hug? I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, and then genuinely am. And, yeah. uh, but she was kind of worried that I didn't have anyone to physically, I mean, I don't want someone to come in here and hug me. I, why would I want that? <laughs> it's Everybody stay away. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's, you know, different different what I guess you say different strokes for different folks or whatever and yeah, yeah I mean yeah. I've always kind of been okay with being on my own but I know people are definitely you know it's sure. interesting what some people are missing and like well even kind of what you said I can't remember earlier you touched on like some of it how like the things that you kind of went to when they first started like talking about lockdown and everything and I mean to me I'm still kind of baffled that everyone went for toilet paper like that was the big panic buy. Flour. Like, yeah, and, and now baking has become a big thing. I've talked about this with a bunch of people online. I'm like, I mean, I can kind of understand dressmaking. Like that's producing clothes that, in theory, if this goes on for a long time, will not be being produced anymore. So you need to be self-sufficient. But like bread goes moldy pretty quick. Like why not learn how to preserve and bottle and can things? I... I just refuse to believe that all of those people that went out to buy flour were ordinarily buying flour because I buy flour regularly and I couldn't buy any for about seven weeks. And in the end, I ended up buying it not from the supermarket, but from um, an online bakery who'd had to close because of because of everything were bagging up all their flour and they were selling it with proceeds to nhs charities so it was kind of a good cause so now i've got like four kilos of flour (laughs) should last me a while but that was yeah toilet rolls and flour it was just i just didn't i get it it made no sense to me because somebody did somebody did a tweet or an instagram post or something and it's it simply said why doesn't everybody just buy the normal amount of whatever they need and then we'll all just have a normal amount of whatever we need? <laughs> and I, I couldn't have said it any better. I just felt, it's like, I, why is it that you think that this is causing toilet paper to somehow be in jeopardy? I don't yeah. understand. <laughs> it I makes no sense. Yeah, but that was, of all that the was a big thing to begin with. And I'm I'm quite lucky because I'm actually a very... I like to I like to buy things in bulk anyway, um, so I'm the kind of person that always has a lot of stuff in 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 terms of yeah. dried goods and stuff like that and and frozen goods and things. Um, but I've not really struggled to be honest. I think I just sort of tried to stay calm and not panic, and I just bought the usual amount of everything and had to be a bit more 
I have to wait a little bit. So I get my groceries delivered and I, I always have done because I don't have a car and it's just a bit easier. Yeah. Um, and I had to, I have had to wait a little bit longer and it's been a little bit harder to kind of get a slot to get it delivered. But other than that, I, I've managed perfectly fine, really. Um, yeah. I've, um, I've sort of th- talked about this with a few people in previous chats about like how, like, I feel like obviously, you know, a lot of the people I talk to and partially it's, it makes sense if people are saying yeah i've got the time to chat with you whatever we'll figure it out chances are they're probably doing slightly okay like you know they're probably able to work from home or maybe they're in a loss of job situation but so i feel like the the sort of audience i have is a little skewed so i'm not i'm not saying this is like a total representation of the world um but i do think like everyone you know there's we all have our struggles and whether or not they like are really big points that the world should consider or whether or not it's kind of just a little like, uh, oh, mine whatever. This is it. Like every time anyone said to me, how's it going? I, I just said to them, I, I refuse to complain about anything because there are people, um, I know, I know people that have personally that have, um, lost jobs, the freelancers that have, that are now not able to get work in their field for whatever reason. You know, I have a friend, who's a single parent and she was training to become an occupational therapist and was in a kind of the final months of this degree that she spent years getting onto the program and all of this mm-hmm. whilst she was looking after a child on her own, you know, and all this stuff, sort of two months away from graduation. And she had to kind of leave that last placement because they were, they were basically trying to get her to go in and, um, help with the the COVID-19 effort as a as a student in 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 a hospital sort of thing oh, you know yeah. and in the end she she made the decision that she would have to just cancel that and just stay at home with her son and yeah. wait for this all to be finished because the schools were closed you know um so she now has to just all of her friends are graduating and you know it's just there's a whole it's it's impact is 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 so wide-reaching and it and it kind of affects people and and I you know and I think in the back of my mind there's a bit of me that's I see that my my organization the you know the university that I work for is um has become a very precarious thing now for a lot of people nobody it's been very bleak all the news that's been coming out of them you know they've been very honest about the financial situation um Mm. and and how bad it is um and I guess I'm just trying, I'm just sort of in a kind of brace position. Let's just try and get through this and see what happens. And um, which is all I think a lot of people can really do at the moment. Um, yeah. But compared to the a, a huge number of people, I'm, I'm sort of in just no problem at all. Um, yeah. Really. So I, but it's it, at the same time, I think those first few weeks I spent a heck of a lot of time just feeling just so awful for, you know, for people, um, yeah. for other people. And, and I, and I guess I just tried to funnel that instead into either volunteering to do things that, like I said, I think that's the point at which in my mind I said, well, why don't I just look locally and see what I can do locally in my community to support people. And, and just, if we all do that, then, like I said we'll all be a little bit better so I, I tried yeah. and I'm still trying to kind of focus on that and not so much on just being really overwhelmed by it all yeah I think there's definitely you got to find a middle ground because 
if you if you kept continuing, you know, flicking through the news in the middle of the night, then it'd be a whole different story by this point. Because obviously, it's going to take a while. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think our brains are really. You know, I, I, I remember a while back I um, was working for um, a research institute that dealt with humanitarian response and sort of disaster management and things like that. Mm-hmm. And one of them wrote this this big piece about how we're, the, you know, we're all very connected now. The whole kind of globe is very connected in a way that I don't think evolution saw coming. Mm-hmm. And it's it's hard for our brains to to... To, to sort of comprehend the scale of, of it all and the suffering and all, you know, it's not like, well, it's not like suffering is a new thing. I think we're just plugged into it now in a whole different way. And it's very yeah. difficult for us as individual people. And that's another reason why I just, again, tried to focus on what was happening around me and what was happening locally and see what I could do to, to help and support um, locally. But um you know, whilst at the same time, you, you can't, you couldn't possibly support everything. You know, I, I, at the beginning, spent loads of money on kind of giving to various charities and, and sort of buying things to support various charities. Um, but I had to stop at a certain point because I ran out of, of funds to be able to do that. Um, yeah. And I, every time I get paid, I'm continuing to do that. But there's there's you couldn't possibly give to every good cause. You know, you couldn't nobody could possibly do that. In fact, the only people that can are the ones that won't, you know. Um, yeah. So but you I have mean, plus like. like... Yeah. The, the news cycle just isn't used to covering something this long, right? Like, I mean, you look at, you know, I mean, the Australian wildfires were this year. <laughs> Where is that in the news now? Like, there's yeah. so many things, right? And, yeah. I mean, Brexit was a thing. Yeah, everyone's forgotten now. Yeah, right? It's like, you know, and Boris Johnson coming into power was a thing. That was, like, a shocking change and all that stuff. And now... It's like, okay. And I mean, obviously, Trump yeah. has like 1,800 different things, but at least like every day, the media could cover a new little thing. And now it's like yeah. coronavirus. What's the big story? Oh, coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you can't well, ignore in the it. Okay, it's coronavirus. Oh, loads of our nurses are leaving the NHS because they were from Europe. Coronavirus. Oh, we've got no one to pick our, all of our crops this year. Yep. The UK has no one to pick its crops this year because they were all from Europe. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, I mean, yeah. one of the exceptions for the, like, the closed borders in Canada is foreign workers because, you know, we because it would be, wouldn't it? Yeah, because oh, yeah. safety out the window so that we can make sure that it's just, it makes me very cross. Um, yeah. So many. That, yeah. <laughs> you know, but we're flipping government, Dominic Raab, our, oh, I can't remember who it was yesterday, some politician on the telly saying, Perhaps some of you would quite like to go out and pick fruits and vegetables if you're not doing anything during our lockdown. Like, I think he actually made a comment about how, oh, you know, some of you might have nothing to do, so maybe you'd like to come and pick pick fruit because normally it's people from Eastern Europe that do it, and now we won't let them in anymore. Yeah, uh, it's just bonkers. But yeah, I think it's definitely um, the whole thing has definitely highlighted a lot of a lot of things. That, you know, so many of us have been, like, talking about for a long time now. Um, I mean, I feel like some of it has led to interesting changes, like, pretty quick, good changes. I mean, like, the whole work-from-home thing, obviously, some parts of our communities have been pushing for that for a long time in terms of accommodations. And companies are like, no, 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 we can't do it. 
And then yeah, this I mean, happens I, and they're like, okay, we'll yeah. figure it out. Yeah, I mean, I had already, um, uh, I used to work from home one day a week and that was a reasonable adjustment, kind of agreed with the disability support team where I work. Um, and my boss was very good and understanding, so I never really was worried about that. But I've been in roles in the past where they make the, the most almighty fuss um i guess because they just sort of i don't know they think if people are at home they're just going to put a funny hat on and not do work i don't really understand what the what the concern is um but also for example i had in a previous role tried to take my contract down to four days a week um just uh, with a with the a pay cut to go with it obviously and again he, such hard work and it just they said no and now they're begging people to do that you know um but absolutely, it's highlighted that it's compl- it's entirely possible, and people have been saying for a very long time that it's entirely possible. And yeah. now, in fact, what they're discovering is it's saving them money <laughs> in some ways. So they like that. Suddenly, they're quite fond of that. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not. I mean, in terms of other changes, I mean, I know that one of the things that you said we would discuss about, like potentially positive changes that might come out and I think I'm pretty cynical about that I have to say that I feel that like you say this whole situation has shone a light I think on a a lot of very problematic social issues and civil issues and things like that 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 people were happy to ignore certain people were happy to ignore before now and then they just sort of couldn't ignore them but I honestly feel like once things get back vaguely to normal that people have an amazing capacity to just forget um and just pretend that they didn't see the things that they saw um i i can't i i hope that it might mean that we for example pay nhs workers more in the uk um that we value them more that we value people that we've classed as key workers more Mm -hmm. that you know all of these people I, I hope it means that their lives will be better and they'll be appreciated more and all of that. And I, I just, I really hope that's what happens. But a big part of me is just really concerned that it won't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't worry, you're not, you're not the only one. I mean, I've asked other people this sort of, you know, light at the end of the tunnel question. And some folks have been like, I don't know if there is. So yeah. it's, uh, it's not necessary that we end on a high note. I mean, oh, <laughs> no, no, no. It's, I mean, well, given the magazine itself, it's not like the magazine is all, you know, rainbows and cute flowers and everything. I mean, we talk about some pretty, pretty dark topics without yeah. certain answers. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just the way it is. Yeah. But I mean, what about for you personally? Is there anything that sort of is going to be carried on from this when you do feel like it's safe to go outside? I think um, I feel pretty confident in saying that I'll probably be working remotely a lot more from now on. Mm-hmm. Um, the work that I do and the team that I work in, uh, it was a very, very easy move for us. We were technologically all set up for it. You know, we all had laptops in instead of desktops in our, even yeah. at our desks in the office sort of thing. Um absolutely everything we've been able to do there's not there's not a single thing that we've had to cancel or not do in fact I think in many ways we've been more connected to people (laughs) so I I think for me personally there'll be a lot more of working from home and I'm I'm happy with that um like I said I like to be here in many ways 
it's it's better for me in terms of my health and stuff um so other than that i'm not really entirely sure if there'll be much that's different in terms of in terms of my sort of everyday life um fingers crossed i'll still be employed you know i'm i'm feeling yeah. i hope not vainly that that my job is is pretty safe um mm-hmm. i'm i am very much needed you know one really key part of my role is that i deal with people who want to appeal results at a sort of higher level or meant to make complaints about things so as you can imagine we've had a lot of both of those <laughs> things so um and it's as you know death taxes and complaints i always say that the, the, the oh they, yeah you're always going to need somebody to deal with that stuff um so i'm hoping that i'll still be uh, employed but i do think that the, the sort of working conditions will be different i think that everybody in our organization at a senior level has been saying acknowledging that there is no denying now that it's completely possible for a huge number of people to work perfectly productively from home. Mm-hmm. So I think that'll probably lead to some changes. Um, and and to be honest with you, I think I'll probably be doing more stuff, social stuff with my friends, but online like I've been doing, because I guess we never really tried it before because it maybe it seemed a bit silly. Yeah. But then it sort of legitimizes it when you have to do it. And like, like I was saying about, you know, I did this sort of painting class with my friend. Um, basically, what we did was I just used like my work Zoom account to to connect and then shared my screen, played like a Skillshare thing. And we just both did it together and paused it when we needed to. And we're then showing each other what we'd done. And, and it was really nice. And we wouldn't have been able to, we probably would have taken us ages to organise that yeah. or you know, otherwise. So I'll probably be doing more stuff like that, to be honest. And I think it will actually connect me to people a bit more um so even though i'm even though i'm not really i'm not really going anywhere and i'm not really doing anything in many ways i personally feel like i'm i am more connected to people yeah um, i'm pushing myself to do to do new things a bit more which is nice so yeah yeah well i um on that note i'm gonna gonna say thanks for being willing to connect with me over this distance welcome um, i know we uh Obviously, we've kind of kept in touch off and on on social media, but like you said, it's it's not totally the same. Um, and it's it's been a while. It's been what I think three three and a half years. Yeah, since, since you I were... was over there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So so it's been a while, but this is good. And um, I thank you so much for offering kind of a window into what life is like in the UK. Yeah. And I will uh, I'll include the links to the to the blog stuff and the posts and everything. And I guess that's uh, that's it for now. I hope hope the rest of your day goes good, and uh, we'll we'll talk again in some way at some point soon. Okay, bye. Well-